Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Edda, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today as always by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. We've got news and notes to get through this episode for everyone and the continuation of our mailbag segment in which we answer all of your questions from your Apple Podcast five-star reviews. So excited to get into those. A quick reminder that you can watch all NWSL full game extended highlights at our YouTube channel. So go to youtube.com slash attacking third. Subscribe to our YouTube page so you don't miss a thing. Lisa, let's get into it. What It was like every single minute there was like a new bit of news. How, how you been? Did you miss me? I'm back. Sandra, I missed you so much. You're back everyone she's back as great as it was to talk to Lori Lindsay and marissa pilla i really missed you i really did friendship on the pod everything um we did text a little bit i tried to leave you alone on vacation but like you said just way too many things happening in the nwsl and the soccer world that i just had to um not to mention that you're incredible outfits were just taking the internet by storm um, so I expect to see a little fashion show runway situation on the podcast one day. Subscribe to YouTube because maybe we'll get a runway fashion show from Sandra one day. Maybe. I'll think about it. Put it on the back burner. We'll maybe think about it for our off-season uh, segments. Definitely learned some things while I was on vacation. Not even so much learned because I think we always knew that for whatever reason this year in 2021, NWSL is making constant headlines. So I didn't so much learn that, but I definitely was reminded that when you are gone or removed or disconnected, that is when things tend to happen the most. Or you try to disconnect and then your phone's blowing up and you realize there are things I need to be paying attention to right now. It's it's rough. So um, great job, NWSL, for keeping Sandra on her toes on vacation, but she's back. And I'm Time so to happy. talk about it. I'm happy too. I miss I missed you, homie. Time to time to talk about it all. Some things that I got caught up in, and I said, you know what? We should probably have one place, one segment where all our listeners can sort of maybe tap into the things that occurred over the last week or so. And a lot of it is connected to one specific team. And there's also some news about a championship final uh but let's just jump right into it um first and foremost the washington spirits went ahead and made a announcement for president of the club the washington spirit announced that dc united legend ben olsen was named to club president for washington spirits so as club president ben olsen will oversee day-to-day operations driving the development of the team's business and sporting operations and the overall effort to enhance the club's culture and identity 
Now, all this, Lisa, coming out in the midst of uh, an ongoing investigation, right, regarding their former head coach in Richie Burke, all of this going on while the team is really in the middle of a playoff push, trying to really better their standing uh, within the rankings there. And there's been a lot of different types of uh, reactions to this news. Because I think something that we've noticed when it comes to the new uh, oppositions or or new appointments to positions and announcements of these types of roles, a lot of the current fan base, a lot of what's considered the hardcore fan base, right, the invested fan base, one of the first things that they're doing are taking a look at the hire and trying to get a feel for who they are and what they can bring to the role. So some of the reaction to this, uh, I won't say has necessarily been one-sided, but there's there's been sort of the, there's been some reaction to where, okay, this sort of just kind of feels like a convenient and, and safe hire. It's somebody from the, the DC United family, uh, somebody who has a history to the local area, obviously, uh, but maybe doesn't have a ton of background in women's soccer specifically. Uh, so there's sort of been both of those uh, kind of perspectives in that. Uh, what was your sort of take when, when you saw this drop, Lisa? Um, well, I, I guess no better time than the present for Washington Spirit to do all of this. Uh, like you said, middle of the season, middle of an investigation happening. So sure, let's hire someone that now has to try to lead a, a organization to a, in a playoff push that they are trying to do. And those players specifically at the Spirit trying to make playoffs, trying to make a, a push for the championship. Um, I I was intrigued to learn more about Ben Olsen. Um, Like you said, he's from DC United, which is the MLS team connected with the Washington spirit. He played in the MLS for 13 years and all of those years at DC United. So, Hey, that's a positive. He knows the fan base. He knows the area. He, he knows and understands the soccer culture in Washington, DC, which is very important for club president to understand that and how to connect to the community and how to grow to the community, honestly. Um, and a very successful player too. I, I must say, uh, it's two time MLS all-star MLS rookie of the year, MLS cup MVP. So he understands winning and he understands how to be successful, which is great. And that is fantastic. However, being a player, successful player, whether you're a captain and doing all those great leadership things, that's not really the same as being a president. So that's where I looked at this and kind of questioned um, how he would do in that head chair as president of this club. And maybe it will be a really good thing because he does bring, bring such a strong player perspective that he can speak for players and communicate with them because he has been on that side of the game for so long, but to be a president and to lead a club is, it's very different. Even to go from player and then retire and and be in a front office, not even the president of a club is a big adjustment to understand that you now get to call the shots. And as a player, you can say a lot of things and you can push for a lot of things that don't always happen because um, the president of the club needs to have the entire club's best interest in at heart not players only interest at heart, including the fans, including the season ticket holders, including the front office, including hiring coaches, including, yeah. including 
of running an investigation for a coach and making sure that everything is done correctly on that end of it. Um, he's come out and said, no, I'm not a president. I didn't go to business school, but I have a lot of experience in working with players and understanding how they are because I am and was one. Um, it's interesting. It's a different take on a president for a club that needs really good leadership in a moment like right now, based on everything that has happened. Um, but hey, it's news. We got to talk about it. And only the future can truly tell what will happen with this new hire as club president in Ben Olsen. For sure. He's got uh, work to do. Not a lot of the season left uh, to get it accomplished. Uh, some good reporting out of The Athletic uh, from our other colleagues uh, with an interview. If people want to go check it out. Ben Olsen actually was asked about what he wants to bring. And he was quoted as saying, I could assure you there's no agenda. I'm not coming here with an agenda. There is no one person I'm going to be making my decisions for. I'm going to make decisions for the Washington spirit. So, you know, sounds like he's embracing the role. And I think it's an important note to maybe, you know, make about the fact that he is kind of coming from a player perspective background uh, in this role, which is, you know, quite frankly, maybe going to work out in the current player spirit players uh, benefit to sort of have somebody who has been on, on the player side of things uh, before. But Washington spirit uh, not slowing down with making uh, the news uh, by by any means. Uh, while I was away, you had some guests on the show. Shout out to to Lori Lindsay and, and Marissa Pil uh, for slotting in. And uh, sad I wasn't able to hang out with you guys, but but thanks for being around. Um, but one of the things that you guys touched on because you had to talk about a game that didn't end up happening, a game between Washington Spirit and Portland Thorns, ultimately got canceled and will eventually, hopefully, be rescheduled. Uh, but it got canceled and postponed due to a flurry of positive COVID testing. So multiple sources uh, reporting via, again, our colleague Meg Lingham had reported that uh, Washington Spirit CEO Larry Bess uh, has filed a complaint under the NWSL anti-harassment policy concerning owner Michelle King, because due to a number of additional sources, minority owner Michelle King hosted a dumpling making party uh, <laughs> over the last week for players, which is supposedly believed to have led to COVID outbreak for spirit, uh, the COVID outbreak for the spirit players um there's a ton of unknowns there uh feels like a lot of finger pointing quite frankly there was at one point um something that was additionally reported saying that uh this was actually a virtual event um yeah, there's, there's so, so many unknowns there was a lot story. of <laughs> and there was a lot of listeners we don't have all the answers for you but we're going to break down all the questions <laughs> we're just running down with it together for all of us here as a community um because I, let me tell you um, as somebody who was semi-disconnected over the last week and trying to get caught up in this, it was like the opportunity almost never came because it just felt like every minute, 20 minutes, there was like a new component um, to this particular um, story. So there was a flurry of, of positive cases uh, for the team, which forced the cancellation of this game for there were, four positive there were four actual positive cases there was additional reporting via Jeff Kasuf and Pablo Mar also from uh, Equalizer and um, Athletic saying that 
there were multiple players who are unvaccinated um, and people started to connect dots <laughs> going back to previous uh, reporting from the club specifically that the club had, had reported that almost it was like 80 to 90 percent of players had been actually vaccinated and yet there are sources confirming that that's not true um, so there's just a number of things there's a number of components that kept adding all of these layers to the Washington spirit side of things here talking about the cancellation of this game and that's in light of all of the already ongoing things that are happening with the club Lisa it was a it was a little chaotic to try and follow I gotta say you were trying to follow it uh in past times you're trying to look back and trying to catch up on it I was trying to follow it in real time and I was still not caught up because there were so many different reports coming out and so many different questions like was the dumpling making session in person was it virtual were players in their own apartments with people that they live with at day in and day out uh most of them live with teammates on the team so that becomes a factor in it. There's so many unknowns. And um, one of the things that we have to keep in mind, despite this happening, uh, the safety and the concern of player safety is top of mind and top of priority for everyone, the health, health and safety of these players. And we also understand that everyone that's lived the last year and a half understands that you can get COVID at a lot of different places and a lot of different times, which is something that you just have to keep in mind that yes, if all the players were at this dumpling making party, but also aren't they at training every day together and in the locker room together. So yeah. there's just so many things that you have to, to look at. And then these players do have their own lives where they go out and we hope make safe choices and smart choices. Yeah. But um, that, yeah, so many unknowns throughout this, Hopefully the story continues to unravel a little bit and we can come yeah. full circle in what happens. And honestly, hopefully that the Portland Washington spirit game gets rescheduled and these teams yeah. can play that match, um, which we still have yet to hear something from the league as of this recording, but that should come yeah. because these teams need to compete uh, just for the sake of the season. You know, if this game doesn't get rescheduled and it ends up kind of being a wash and goes through as just an, a game that's was canceled and not counting as a, f a fixture in the standings that is absolutely going to be a detriment to the Washington spirit side versus the current first place Portland thorns. Um, and it's tough, you know, and trying to watch, see all this stuff unfolding and developing in real time. And try, like you said, trying to get caught up from the, from the past, even though I was like only an hour behind, it was so, it was so odd. An hour um, in a story like this, when tweets are flying and news is breaking is a lot to catch yeah, up on. It is. It, it, it was, uh, it, it absolutely threw me um, for a whirlwind for sure. In particular, the, the Michelle King aspect of it, it was, I hope that at that, particular part of it um sort of comes to fruition kind of gets more clarity um because that's a very dangerous accusation um in light of everything going on with covid and in light of so many so many very hurtful things that we've seen coming out of and within the asian community with all of the uh hatred you know being targeted towards you know asian citizens within this country and quite frankly around the world um so that's a very dangerous accusation to be placing 
on not only a minority owner um, in the sense of her small part of ownership, but in the quite literal sense in that she is a minority being an Asian woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really do hope that some clarity is found on that. Um, and if it does come to light that this was a virtual party and was done in a more safe manner following protocol, I absolutely hope that there is an apology that is issued uh, because that is, again, a very dangerous accusation to make. And if it is untrue, it is, quite frankly, contributing to hate speech um, and perpetuating additional discriminatory things um, in the league. And that's, that's you know, I really hope that that gets... Uh, now that gets investigated and clarified and and we'll see if there is an update on that or not. Um, but again, if you're on the spirit side of things, it's just like, gosh, you just are constantly seeing this club um, in in the headlines for for the league and maybe not ones that 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 you want to to be making. So here's hoping that the players are able to get this game rescheduled. Here's hoping that the players who were diagnosed positively with covid go through their protocols and come out of that on the better side of things, happier and healthier. Um, So we'll be keeping an eye on that for sure. Uh, But to maybe sort of segue into the Portland side of these things, this team also did not play this game. They are still in first place as of, as of this recording, but they did make some news themselves to sort of close out this news segment. Um, We've got some semi-positive news here. Uh, a location was finally announced for the NWSL championship in September for the final that's going to be taking place on November 20th. So it's nice to finally have that news out there. It was announced that the championship final will be taking place at Providence Park at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. And um, again, Lisa, when this news broke, there was uh, a lot of different responses to this type of news. I won't necessarily say if it was more positive or negative but more than all of the other news that we've seen circling recently this definitely got the biggest player response for sure it definitely did and i just tend to be a a half glass full type of gal and i'm happy we have a location because that was stressing me out as as a fan and as a person that covers this league. Um, I was just looking for a location. Um, but yeah, lots of different responses based on Portland hosting. Again, this is um, they hosted in 2018 most recently, and people are not too happy that they're hosting again. Um, however, as, as people may or may not know, not a lot of teams in the NWSL have ownership of their facilities. They share them with their MLS teams or with other local teams or minor league baseball teams. We know a number of teams play on baseball fields. And so they don't have sole ownership of their field and of their stadium to be able to mark off and say, hey, we want to put in a bid and host a game on the 20th. It could already be booked for that day. Um, So that becomes a factor in this. There's so many underlying layers to this story and why the home of Portland Thorns Providence Park was ultimately chosen. Um, Teams have to place a bid and they have to offer up their home venue and say, we would like to host this because that's a very tall task to host a championship game. You have two teams coming in, potentially not even your own team, which then if you're not in that championship game, you still have to play host. 
to the teams that are coming in, which yep. can hurt a little bit as, as a club because you wanted to be in that position. So that's a huge factor coming into it. You have to host media. You have to host the teams. There's, It's a very big responsibility to host that. Um, it's like hosting the biggest party you ever had at your house. And not a lot of teams have the freedom or the ability to do that. So because of that, teams have to offer a bid. There were three bids made initially for the NWSL championship. The Racing Louisville was one of them. Portland Thorns was the other. And Orlando Pride was the third one. Towards the end, Orlando Pride and Racing Louisville withdrew their bids. It's reported that they have with, withdrew, withdrawn their bids to host the NWSL championship. If you're keeping track, that only leaves one club and one location to host it. So thank you, Portland, for putting in your bid and offering to do that. Because if this were the case, what would happen then? Where would it be played? At a not on a great field, on a baseball diamond? Like there were so many other options. So yeah. again, glass half, half full kind of gal over here. Thank you, Portland, for offering to host again. Um, and it's a great soccer city and a great soccer state. So even if Portland Thorns are not in the final, I imagine a very big turnout still of soccer fans that just want to see a very good championship game of soccer. Yeah, I, I completely sympathize with all of the, you know, the player sided okay. discourse of this. That is that is extremely difficult on on players who work this whole season to get to this point and then have to kind of almost retrain their body, right? For the biggest, their biggest game of perhaps, you know, could be of, of, of their career, depending on the, maybe the player that you talk to. And Sandra, you're referencing the 9am start time. Absolutely. Which uh, is completely ridiculous. I agree. <laughs> it's, uh, it's tough, I think for, you know, the players and that's what they're looking at. They're looking at the early start time. They're looking at being uh, on turf. This is not the first time that players in this league or players in women's soccer have have talked about some of the you know the dangers of of playing on a turf field and um in fairness to providence park they have plans to eventually be a grass pitch unfortunately that's not going to be happening by the time this final comes around and they're gonna have hosted a championship capacity type of event for the third time since 2013 and you know, they're also the type of facility that has kind of just been that place for the league since they've been since even, they've been involved since 2013. I even mean, the WICC they just hosted. They, they hosted, understand how to host such a big event. Yeah, there was, you know, the very dangerous um, semifinal fiasco that happened with the hurricane hitting North Carolina and it was ultimately decided by the league that that had to be moved uh, due to safety concerns. And guess who ended up hosting the semifinal for two completely different teams. At the time it was North Carolina and Chicago and they ended up hosting it and that ended up working out because the final was going to be held in Portland in that same year in 2018. So the, the silver lining in that was that whomever won, that semifinal in 2018 would just stay on into the championship final. They would already be in Portland um, to prepare for the upcoming final that was going to take place that because they were already the predetermined type back then. So it's just Providence park has just sort of become this place 
it feels like for the league. And it was so important for you mentioning that there were a couple other mm -hmm. facilities that did try to make the bid, but they withdrew their bids. And that included Louisville and Orlando and had Orlando, you know, won this bid. It would have been their second time hosting this. And guess what? They're another, <laughs> they're another place with, with a certain type of pitch that maybe people feel some, some kind of way about, but needless to say, it would have maybe been a, a perhaps a different start time um, in a different if you're on the East Coast. So if you're on the East Coast and watching the game, like a noon kickoff is maybe sounds great on a Saturday for you. But if you're playing in it on the West Coast at 9, 9 a.m., maybe it doesn't feel the same kind of way. So, I mean, tons, tons of tons of discourse, quite frankly, not even just feedback, whether it was somebody like um, veterans of this league, some somebody like an Allie Krieger, somebody like a Jessica Fishlock, Ashton Harris, you know, Laura Harvey, having somebody like Janine Becky overseas with <laughs> with Manchester City. So she used to play in NWSL in the league, um, but also chiming in on that as well. So this was just, again, the type of uh, this is the type of announcement that you make that you want to make to generate excitement. And unfortunately, it just sort of feels like the perspective out of it was that it maybe wasn't necessarily a positive uh, announcement. And there's, it's just unfortunate because there's a number of things I'm sure, you know, that are in play when it comes to making the decision to play at, in Portland and Providence park. There's just, uh, it's tough. You know, I think coming off of the 2020 that this league had, and then now finally having a regular season in 2021, there's still, I think people forget a, a lot about the uncertainties that have come into play when it comes to something like um, the ongoing pandemic. And Portland and Providence Park are a facility that have already had in practice, you know, a vaccination policy and negative test policy um, for their games and their facilities. And those are things that come into play as well when you're talking about player safety. So I know that there's a lot of conversation specifically from the players and obviously a lot of the, the fans of the league that are looking at player safety in terms of the early call and that are looking uh, at the early kickoff time and that are looking at player safety in terms of the actual turf that is at, uh, at, at Providence Park. Um, you know, but there's we can't forget about the level of player safety when it comes to something like the ongoing pandemic, especially in light of the same week when we're talking about a game that just got canceled because of four positive cases. Um, so there's a lot of boxes. I think that people want to check off when it comes to a huge event like this. And unfortunately it's like, if you've got a checklist and your goal is to at least get like half of your checklist done it's like that's i feel like that's the, the simulation that we're living in right now when it comes to you know playing or covering or watching professional sports um in an ongoing pandemic so while i understand that maybe not everyone's um you know happy about this news and rightfully so those things are valid it's tough because on the other side of things it's like you're looking at a league that is still growing and in the process of growing up in the professional sports world and you're wondering where are the options and and how is that going to come to light so i think maybe in a different timeline lisa in a different simulation that maybe a place like louisville you know mm -hmm. does get the game 
you know, um, but that's just not what it is um, in this current moment. So um, who knows? We've been talking about a lot of news in this news segment, Lisa, that we're sort of feeling could change. Um, and who knows if that'll happen with this one as well. I think a September announcement of a, of a predetermined championship final site is pretty late. So I think it'd be pretty tough to try to change that up again. But stranger things have happened, right, in the league. And as always, we will be keeping an eye on it for all our listeners. Uh, but first, I think we need to finally take a break after going through all this news. And then we will be back with our mailbag segment. So everyone stay with us and we'll answer a couple questions for you all. Mailbag segment. Lisa, I'm excited to answer questions. Are you excited to answer questions? I am so excited. Guys, keep leaving questions for us about anything and everything. We've gotten some really good ones, um, and it's fun to go through them and, and kind of see what fans and listeners are questioning in the league and soccer and formations and players. And Sandra, we have some really good questions today. I'm excited to go through these. I'm excited to go through them, too. I love that everyone has been so receptive to the show. I love that they have felt motivated to go to Apple Podcasts. And I love that they enjoy us enough to where they go, you know what? We'll leave you a five-star review. That means you're liking what we're doing. So I appreciate that. So they're leaving us the five-star review. They're leaving us a question. And it's uh, it's allowed us to have this mailbag segment on the show. So we've got two really good questions that we want to take a little bit of a dive into. Um, I know last mailbag segment, I believe we had three. We're taking two this time because of the questions that we chose. We felt like we were going to take a little bit of a deeper dive in. And they had a little bit more uh, fun components for us to sort of try to play off of one another. So let's start with this first one. I know we were really excited to, to get to get to this one uh, from P. I'd love to know what team of 10 current NWSL players each would field if they could only use five rookies, parentheses, two or less seasons, and five veterans, four seasons or more, of the league and no Olympic players. So Lisa, let's break this down a little bit. Well, first of all, this is a great question. And P clearly yeah. thought a lot about this. And I love this. I'm going to add a caveat because why are we leaving the goalkeepers out? Can we do can I know. We 11? <laughs> Can we field 11? And there's so many great goalkeepers. We're going to we're gonna throw in a goalkeeper in there for you. Shout out to B. I'm, I'm pretty sure they want um, to have an 11th player. And I think a goalkeeper is important. But who knows? Maybe not. Maybe P is thinking of some good chaotic energy. I'd, I'd love to see it. Um, but I also love the no Olympic players. I know. Great job. Because that's very specific. Because it's not just like, hey, no USA players. It's no Olympic players. So, I mean... I think we have to include not just the U.S. players. I think we've got to talk like we're looking at like, Canadian players. We're looking at our Brazilian players that are in the league. Like there's that's a lot of talent, man. That you're that we're gonna be like not able to choose from some of the New Zealand players that we've got. That was my initial reaction. Oh my gosh, there's so much talent we can't choose from, but there is still so a ton of players talent in this league that aren't at the Olympics or aren't playing on international squads that we get to pick from. This is I love this question. Wasn't it like 40 something players that the league said that they were like so proud to have (laughs) the Olympics? And I'm like, gosh, that's a lot of players uh, to choose from. But I think we can get it. I am. I Let's also do like back. Let's start in the back. I also do like that that P talked about the the rookies and mm-hmm. talked about two seasons or less because for us, Lisa, I think that's important because we're talking a little we chat a little bit about this 21 season in in regards to the 
the announcement of the championship final and how difficult things are with the pandemic. But I love that it's being presented in two seasons or less because the truth of the matter is, is that there is a whole draft class of 2020 that are in their first regular season. So while in 2020, the coronavirus pandemic absolutely rocked some things and there was only Challenge Cup and Fall Series, they still got NWSL competitive fixtures under their belts. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about players like Morgan Weaver, Sophia Smith. You know, we're talking about players even this year in Trinity Rodman, Brandon Pinto, Emily Fox. We're talking about players like Ashley Sanchez in the 2020 draft class. I mean, this is their first NWSL regular season. So I'm very excited about this part. We're going defenders. Oh, no, we have to start with goalkeepers. I'm telling you, I'm throwing goalkeepers in there. Well, give me yours. Uh, Okay, so... Or you Ashlyn Harris. Can we do former Olympians? Like, can we want to do it? Look, Ashlyn hey, Harris. Facts are facts. And the fact of the matter is that Ashlyn Harris was not an Olympian in the Tokyo Games. I agree. Okay. So I would like to throw Ashlyn Harris into the ring and also Didi Harachich as a backup. Well, I don't know. Those are just my two nominees for we. I think we only get 11. Well, 10. I think we only, okay. We only get 11. So, so I'm nominating to- Ashlyn Harris and Didi Harachich. Ashlyn Harris of Orlando Pride, Didi Harachich of Gotham. I'm going to go with Casey Murphy. Mm. And I'll also consider Bledsoe. I'll also consider Robert Bledsoe in that one as well. Okay. Do we have to pick and come up with 11 solid out of those like four? Do we? Well, I think they wanted us to do one of each. So let's let's do, let's do a super team. We'll do Sandra and Lisa's super team. Okay. Uh, I think these are four good ones. Who did you like of my pick? I like Casey Murphy. Okay. Oh, Bledsoe's so good too. I know. I I'm like, and you know, I also like really, I do really like Ashton Harris too, though. I mean, we're talking about a player that just made history with most NWA saves. Let's go with Ashton Harris. Let's let's okay. let's let's go with the star part. She might not have been in, in the Tokyo Games, but we know who she is and what she brings. And we're going Ashton Harris as our goal pe- goalkeeper in this one. All right, now let's get into this back line. Who are we going to choose as our outside backs? Uh, I think Emily Fox needs to be in the running. I like the way Capri Stydasco plays. I mean, this, of course, changes based on our formation and the style we're trying to play. Let's do like a regular 4-4-2. I know. We're just going overall here. I was just getting a little too analytical. We're being extra as usual. (laughs) So I want to nominate uh, Megan Klingenberg, too. So good. Sarah Gordon. She could technically be a center back. I like her in there. Um Sam Staub, but I don't think we can do her. Hmm. Who do you who do you want to nominate in our back line? We get four. Okay. I think that they want P wants five rookies and five vets. So let's do one of each. So let's put Emily Fox. Yes. On one side, right? Mm-hmm. And let's do Didasco on the other. Okay, I like that. Now we need some center backs. Oh man. Um, I like Sarah Gordon. I like her. Uh, yeah, now. we need Sarah Gordon to be on this eleven because let me tell you something. I have a Chicago complaint. I will put myself on blast on record. This is a direct complaint from Chicago that Sarah Gordon has basically played in like every single game this year, and f- for somehow, some way. 
has not received any type of like player of the week accolades or team of the month accolades, and it has blown my mind. Wow. Well, this isn't quite sponsored by Budweiser, team of the week, player of the week, or anything, but I think this is a very high honor. Sarah Gordon definitely needs to be on our back line. So we're putting her in the center back position. This is Sandra and Lisa's super team. We need yes. Sarah Gordon. So we're going to have Sarah Gordon at center back. So that'll be, we're both in agreement on that. Let's see who do we want to compliment. What about Megan Klingberg? As center back? Well, doesn't matter. She's a very good defender. We can also put her in the midfield. I'm just saying. I know, but there's so many good midfield players. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we need another center back. Um, I having, I mean, do we want to go with another rookie on this one? Yeah. Why don't we go? Ashlyn Harris in goal. We could throw another rookie in the back line. Yeah. Why not? We've got, um, we can maybe, maybe we could choose like someone else from Orlando. We can maybe go with, uh, McLernan. Hmm. Or Peterson. Hmm. Although Peterson's been more. What about like Sam Staub? Let's go with Sam Staub. Yeah. Let's go I with like Sam her. Washington Spirit. Let's have a different player from different teams on all those. So we got different teams represented for the defensive side of things from goalkeeper all the way to the back four. I love that. Well, yeah, there's so many good talent. Okay, moving up the field. We, we also, team. Estelle Johnson. You could have thrown <laughs> Sophia Huerta in the back line. I know. I know. It's so true. Estelle Johnson. Should we also do like how we did with the back line for the midfield? Should we do like two kind of rookie-esque players mm -hmm. and two two veterans? Okay. Yes. Okay. So midfield. Um, so why don't you give me a rookie and a veteran and I'll try to give us a rookie and a veteran for midfield. Okay. Think, what about like, okay. what about like Andy Sullivan? I think she's considered a veteran at this point. Okay. When was she drafted? 2018? What about? I'm trying to trying to think. 2018, I believe. Yeah. So. Or 2017. Yeah, she's a veteran at this point. Uh yeah. So so that's a veteran. Um, there's a lot of good midfielders. Angela Salem, Ali Wong, all veterans. Mm. But it's gonna be. Tough. I think the midfield is gonna be tough to choose a rookie esque player and then a. Maybe we don't do a rookie. Maybe we throw a few more rookies up top. You know what? True. Maybe we should go all better in the midfield. midfield. This is like ride or die. Yeah. Women lost in the midfield. That's right. We need some veterans in this midfield. Midfielders make it happen. Okay. So I like where your head's at. <laughs> I like, I love where your head's at. I'm also going to say then facts are facts. And Morgan Gatra did not go to the Tokyo game. So she is not an Olympian. Morgan Gatra is in my midfield. Okay. Are we doing four in the midfield? Are we doing yeah? Four? We said we're going to do a four, three, four, three or a four four two. I think we're doing a four. Uh, ooh. Let's do three in the midfield. Okay, make it harder on ourselves. All right. So what's a, so what's our midfield right now? Just Morgan Gatral. Oh, great! Pick one. Ah, uh, honestly, I really like Denise O'Sullivan. Not Olympian, she counts. International player, but she didn't go to the Olympics. International, right? So we get her. Okay, I want her in my midfield. I think actually her playing with Maureen Gattral could be really fun to could watch. Could be really fun. I need who, – who can we get that's like Can really... we make this happen in real life? <laughs> <laughs> we need an NWSL Arsenal game, man. Come on. 
Okay, so we need one more. We need one more. Okay, so we've got um, North Carolina Courage, Chicago Newsfield. Let me see. Who do we want else? I want someone who could just be like. We could do like an alley long. Um, we could do. I feel like Morgan Gutrock can 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 be both that connector and that sort of more defensive minded player. Okay, so you pick. Who do you want? I think we need a little bit more of attacking bite in there. Who do you want? I think we need to go. We can't do any Olympian, so. I know. You know, let's go with the, I want a pest. I want a real pest. Let's go with Shea Groom. Yeah, I like that. Shea Groom. Okay, done. Okay, now we need three forwards. Are we having a young attacking line? Two. I think, I mean, are we going Robin and Sanchez? Are we keep trying to keep that chemistry going? With who? Then who would be the third? Is Sophia Smith considered a rookie? Yes. I like her. Let's do it. Okay, so Sanchez? Sanchez, Smith, and Rodman. I love that. I don't know if we were able to make it happen if we had actual five and five, but... But to run through, in goal, Ashlyn Harris. Outside back, Emily Fox. Center back, Sarah Gordon. Sam Staub. Outside back, Caprice Didasco. Okay. Midfield three, Morgan Gatra, Shea Groom, and Denise O'Sullivan. And then our front three, <laughs> Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman, and Ashley Sanchez. So like an R and a V by the ones. I'm trying to see if we actually like follow. I feel oh, like we yeah. got more veterans than we do rookies, but I still feel like we have a good but represent- that's so hard to do. Come I feel on. like we have a good representation of rookies though. Yeah, our like whole we're front putting, line like is, we're, our whole front line is rookie. we're putting our faith in a young attacking core. I think that's big of us. There's not. I don't think there's a lot of teams. That technically, we only have four rookies. Okay. Well, well, hopefully, we tried. hopefully, P, you'll forgive us if you want to suggest a fifth rookie that you would like to yeah. slot in in any position. I want you to let us know. Hey, All right, our listeners, drop us your starting eleven. Five rookies, five veterans. Um, give us what you have. Leave us a comment on YouTube. Tweet at us at Attacking Third. Send us your 11. I want to hear. Right on. I want to hear it too. Final question from Prospect Farms. Thank you so much for the question. They stated, enjoyed listening and learning more. I don't know much about the game, but wonder, why does Racing Louisville seem to struggle to score goals? They seem to have good players who try hard. Lisa? <sighs> This is an f- interesting question. I'm going to say it, but honestly, scoring goals is really hard. If you have <laughs> not played soccer, um, but you've watched the game, you understand that every team, every player struggles. And I don't think Racing Louisville is struggling by any means. Just scoring goals is really, really difficult and really hard. And we have to remember yeah. that Racing Louisville is a very new team. This is their first season. Yeah. They are still trying to get some chemistry under them. They're still bringing players in to to connect all the dots and complete everything. Um, give them a little bit of time. Yeah, it's tough. Like, I mean, I just no one's no. These are professional athletes, and very rarely, if at all, have we heard any of them <laughs> refer to this as a specific reason or struggle for them this year. But I'm going to be the one to keep bringing it up because I think people keep forgetting about it for some reason. But so many of these players lost a year. 2020 did happen as much as people want to forget it. 
a handful of games in 2020 is nothing to build on when you're coming into a brand new year that has has a ton of games. So we're talking about a Challenge Cup. We're talking about a regular season with consistent games, week to week, sometimes multi-game weeks for these players. And then on top of that, there was almost a two and a half month preseason where they got time together, right? So this is almost like is nothing. It's nothing, which is almost like a re, there's like a reconnection. There's like a, like you're readjusting almost mm-hmm. to being a professional athlete, you know, and, and, and having regular games and stuff like that. So for racing Louisville and specifically. And not to mention their coach just got terminated. I was going to say just for racing Louisville specifically, there's established teams out there that have had struggles in front of goal. So it's been difficult for established teams to maybe turn some things around and have that active presence in front of goal and producing big score lines. We've only seen a couple really, really big score lines. So we've saw them really early on from, from Portland. We saw, we saw one from North Carolina courage. Mm-hmm. It took a long time for all rain to turn things around and start looking like a pretty lethally offensive team in front of goal. And that is a team that has a ton of star players on their roster at the moment. Um, So when you're looking at a team like racing Louisville, a very, very young team, a team that has not had a lot of time together. I think it's almost expected to have a tough year in front of goal because you're still trying to establish yourselves as a team build your team culture and play cohesive soccer. And now, like Lisa said, on top of that, they are going to navigate the rest of this regular season with an interim head coach. So the struggles, the struggles (laughs) might continue. So I think at this point in the season, if you are, you know, a racing fan, I think it's fair. And I actually think it's kind of cool to just maybe take a look at your team and continue to support them. And if you're local and able to go to games, please continue to do that and buy tickets and go and support your local club. Um, But there's nothing wrong with going in and taking a game and maybe keeping an eye on players and looking at the game for future prospects. Mm -hmm. I think a very cool thing about racing Louisville specifically is that they don't have one or two players that they rely on to score all of their goals, which happens at other clubs. Um, and they don't have that yet, which is nice that it's a shared responsibility among amongst the forwards and the midfielders and the defenders to contribute in the attack and score goals. It's a very special thing that they still have open for them right now that they can have balanced scoring throughout their roster. Absolutely. hundred percent. Thank you for the question. Prospects Farms. Appreciate all of them as always. I uh, just want to remind everyone that you can go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review with a question, and we will consider it as part of our mailbag segment to go ahead and answer that. If your question has not yet been answered, I promise you it will be eventually. Uh, we're, we like to take them a few at a time so that we could take a little bit of deeper dives for all of you instead of just sort of taking them in and giving a quick hit on them, okay? So keep them coming. We'll be here for you as long as you keep being here for us. I want to thank you all so much for listening. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. Again, leave us a five-star review of the question on Apple Podcasts and we'll answer it. I want to let you know that we're also available as video, so please subscribe to us on YouTube. For episodes and extended NWSL highlights, visit youtube.com slash attacking third. 
And we've got lots of special things in the works for you all, so please stay tuned. But for sure, you can expect us back on Friday with a preview of all the NWSL matches that are coming up. So stay tuned for Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman. This is Overtaken Thursday.